United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. The United Nations General Assembly has not been what we thought it would be before the year began. It was the 75th anniversary, and it was also expected to be a big, if not a blowout, certainly a moment where there could be some celebration, big group gatherings. Obviously, that did not happen because of coronavirus. The world now at over 7 million cases. And the question is, how do we move forward? And the messages being delivered were a little bit different. President Trump was very anti-China, among other things. Let's go through some of the highlights and maybe lowlights of what happened at the United Nations General Assembly. Joining us on POTUS is Tyler Beckelman. Tyler is Director of International Partnerships at the United States Institute of Peace, Twitter handle at USIP or at T-B-E-C-K-E-L-M. That is another option for you. Tyler, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's like so many events, weddings, uh, graduations. It was all expected to be a big time, but it just didn't happen because of the pandemic. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, and unfortunately, this was, as you mentioned, a moment for you know for for world leaders to hopefully get together to reflect on uh, seventy-five years of of you know the UN system and the peaceful pursuit of international cooperation since World War II, but. Unfortunately, the pandemic had other plans. Um, instead, uh, you know, this was in many ways a much more muted affair. All of the heads of state largely contributed pre-recorded video messages to the to the UN General Assembly meetings, and there was pretty you know limited diplomatic buzz in New York. Um, this is, you know, in my view, uh, uh, unfortunate because, as I've as I've said in the past uh, on this program and and in uh, in some of our work that. You know, the pandemic has created a moment where international solidarity and cooperation to to address the, the sort of common threat that's posed by the pandemic is is needed more than ever. Um, and I can't say that we've necessarily come out of this General Assembly with any more clarity about uh, the future prospects for international cooperation than we had before. Um, I think if one thing is clear, it is it's still that the world is pretty divided on how to tackle these challenges. And even though that's not the UN's fault, I mean, the UN is in many ways a reflection of the priorities of its member states. Um, it is uh, it is nonetheless concerning. And so hopefully we can we can look back at the UN's hundredth anniversary and, and be able to see some uh, some better results. President Trump, by the way, had repeated his message that America first. It's something that he believes all countries should believe their country should come first. But he he had special um, attacks, I guess, reserved for China this time around. How did the other nations in the U.N. General Assembly react to that? Well, I think, you know, uh, China obviously reacted the way that it did and, and others as well. Um, a number of countries in Europe that are sort of broadly committed to to multilateralism, I think, are are watching the situation very warily because of the fact that, you know, in many ways, China, even despite its attempts to paint itself as, uh, you know, a sort of responsible steward of the multilateral system, um, has a lot of problems and doesn't offer a particularly attractive model, um, given the draconian crackdown and curtailment of individual freedoms in Hong Kong, and the you know the, the pretty deplorable conditions and mistreatment of Uyghurs and other minorities in Western China. Um, they're not exactly sort of 
paragons of virtue when it comes to the the UN's uh, founding principles and the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And so I think other countries are watching uh, the U.S. sort of China situation very warily um, and are, you know, hoping to to chart a course of cooperation that uh, is is sort of still possible despite uh, uh, the increased antipathy and, and sort of uh, heated rhetoric that uh, that takes place at that top level. Once again, we are speaking with Tyler Beckelman, United States Institute of Peace Director of International Partnerships about the United Nations General Assembly. I don't want to make it only about Donald Trump, but I did want to play this moment with the president at the UNGA. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Anyway, he was speaking about there is no blood in the sand. He was talking about the peace deal, and one wonders... What, what, if any, perception there is of the recent deal that was signed, the United Arab Emirates, uh, you know, Israel, all getting together at the White House. This is something that has been lauded by many corners, but one wonders how that played at the U.N. also. Well, I think it was I mean, it was referred to quite uh, quite a number of times, not just by by Israel, but by the by the states that have signed up to the to the Abraham Accords. I mean, you know, UNGA has traditionally been a platform for, uh, you know, the, the, the Palestinians to, to, you know, defend their position and air some grievances. And uh, Mahmoud Abbas came to UNGA and, and essentially rejected the accords and called on the UN to, uh, you know, to hold a, a mediation conference earlier, in, early, early sometime next year. So we'll, it's still a, you know ways to see, you know, how that will play out. I'm not an expert on that situation per se, but I will say that, you know, this was definitely, it was definitely a factor. And I do think the Abraham Accords have fundamentally changed the game and the future of of what the sort of prospects for uh, dealing with these issues will look like down the line. Tyler, I wanted to get to a more general question. We are in a time of crisis worldwide now with coronavirus. The pandemic has obviously affected all nations, different levels of of, uh, infection, et cetera, in different countries. But it seems to me that's at a time when uh, a group like the United Nations can have its greatest value. But it is hobbled somewhat by the required social distancing. And one wonders, you know, how does it operate? Is, is it, does the UN learn lessons as a result of this on how to better facilitate ongoing discussions, conversations, et cetera? I'm not talking necessarily about Zooming around the world, but I'm just trying to figure out if there's a way that this can be a learning experience, if you will, for the UN on how to deal with things in a time of crisis when the typical way of doing things, meeting in a room, isn't available. Right. I, I I mean, I think they've had to adjust and we've actually seen some pretty important innovations that have been uh, uh, done by the U.N. and a number of member states, as well as a number of other organizations just on the, the front of sort of digital peace building and digital mediation where, you know, you're bringing conflict parties together uh, in a manner, you know, in, in the virtual space rather than being able to, to convene people uh, in person, I will say I think this this UNGA is a good example of the fact that you know as 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 much as we've adjusted to this sort of virtual reality of, of meeting and talking uh, sort of virtually and finding new ways of, of working, uh, there really is still no replacement for uh, meeting in person, sitting down and having a face to face chat. I mean UNGA is usually a place 
where, you know, the action is really on the sidelines, where diplomats are able to get together all across midtown Manhattan and at a very high level, you know, hash out deals or, you know, discuss common issues. And when you don't have that sort of more informal capability to conduct diplomacy, to do peacemaking, to uh, hear from another side, to talk to people, then, you know, certainly the, the, the cause of international diplomacy suffers in a lot of ways. Tyler, as always, I appreciate your visits. Thanks so much for being on POTUS today. Thank you for having me. Tyler Beckelman, USIP, United States Institute of Peace, Director of International Partnerships. His thoughts on the United Nations General Assembly, which we lovingly refer to as the UNGA, the UNGA, taking place in very different circumstances. One can try to imagine 30 years ago uh, a virtual address, if you will. Yes, people could film and so on, but some of the things that are made possible by the technology today is simply amazing. Anyway, the Twitter handle is at T-B-E-C-K-E-L-M. That's one option for you, or at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.